Someone's asking about the Mr. Irrelevant. And what I've got my sight set on is Mr. Irrelevant. When I first got it, you're thinking, man, Mr. Irrelevant. Man, I don't want to be that guy. Irrelevant, a Niffle NFL podcast, not to be confused with Movies Are Relevant, a movie, sometimes podcast. We're talking football today. It's your boy, Pod Drew. X's, O's, uh, Mexico's, missed out. Big game yesterday. I'm doing free form uh, jazz style speaking right now, kind of, but... Luckily to get me back grounded on the other line, it's my boy and yours, sometimes called E Dash Nam. How's it going? E? Uh yes, sir. It's uh it's your boy, young young good boy here to talk about these uh dogs. We're uh I'm I'm out here in Chicago for Thanksgiving and all I want to talk about are these beautiful, enormous dogs that just want to cuddle with me. So that that's what this podcast is about, right? Oh, uh, well I mean I thought for a second you're gonna you're talking about like some big underdogs this week in week twelve of the NFL season, or maybe some that won last week, week eleven, there's a few, but you're talking about actual animals that you cuddle yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah, good girls and boys. Okay. That's why you're a young good boy this this day. Yes, sir. Now normally you're more of a cat fancier. Is that not true? Uh, yeah, so in my private personal life, I, I am a cat person. I have two beautiful daughters, um, <laughs> but, uh, but out here with the, everyone else in my family and most people who don't live in New York that I know, um, it's just dogs everywhere, and dogs love me. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of dogs in New York, too, to be honest. I, I don't know how people fit these, some of these big ones I see in their, in their small little apartments. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, some of my friends have the smallest apartment I've ever seen and the biggest dog I've ever seen. It is, it's nuts. Yeah, they have like a, a Greyhound and like a railroad-style apartment living with three roommates. doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's nuts. But listen, it's not the dog cast today. It's, it's, uh, it's week 12 right now. We got to talk some of these Thanksgiving games. That's why, you're, that's why you're on the road, right, for Thanksgiving. Yes, sir not uh on some type of tour okay i don't know if you had joined uh one of you know you are being a roadie for one of your favorite girl punk bands now or something switch careers and are just following them on the road it's it's to see your family got it yeah yeah waxahachie's in australia i couldn't follow them there okay and you won't even be able to see the shy town bears because they're going to be rolling into detroit even though they do play on uh on this uh thursday here but I'm sure that the vibe around the city is pretty uh, jazzed up for the Bears, right? Because this is the best team they've had in quite a while. Yeah, I guess they're pretty excited here. Um, I've mostly been talking to dogs and babies, but uh, dogs and babies are very excited about Khalil Mack and this uh, Bears defense. Yeah, and the, I, I think babies have a lot to say about Trubisky as well, probably. Like, is he for real? How's, his, how's he coming along? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're very impressed with Mr. Biscuits when he has you know the the game all planned out for him. They're worried about his improvisatory skills, but then again, he's quick on his feet, so they got to put that. And then it just gets them worried. And then there's a, there's the crying. Yeah. 
Also, I feel like dogs might just like him because his name's nickname's Mister Biscuits, and they that makes them think of like a, a good treat that they want. Honestly, honestly, dogs and English people love Mister Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, we call Mister Cookie is in the states here. <laughs> right. Get it right. No, but so the Bears had a big, uh, wait, they did win, right? Now I'm trying to remember what just happened. Oh, uh, they did beat the Vikings. Oh, yeah, so it was a big win, yes. Big uh, home Sunday night win, that's right. They got it done. But, I mean, before we get, we could talk about that or whatever you want from week 11. Uh, and before we get into some of these week 12 uh, debates here, I mean, it's all burying the weed. Uh, I mean, we're, this is Tuesday right now, the day after Monday Night Football yesterday, which had what I'm sure everyone considers the game of the year. Probably going to be hard to top this season, even in the playoffs, theoretically. It's the third highest scoring game of all time. Third highest scoring game of all time. My Cleveland Browns were somehow involved in the second highest scoring of all time in a, in a Bengals game in 2004. Yeah, that's what happens when you lose 86 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was like seventy-five to, to ten. Don't get it twisted. Okay, okay. No, I do. I vaguely remember that game. It was from about uh, like fifteen years ago or so. I think we did lose, but yeah, it was a crazy back and forth. But uh, the 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 number one game was something like from the sixties or something. But this is now number three, highest scoring Monday Night Football game of all time, most points scored in a loss ever for the KC Chiefs, who I picked to win this game and. Uh, I love the game. It was great, but it didn't go my way. And I could have won some money if the Chiefs would have held on for the win. Basically, in the in the football pool I'm in, which I've mentioned on our show before, but I could have won the money from it this week. Uh, with the the game had to be over fifty five points, which it was well, well over that. God. But also, the Chiefs had to win, which they lost in the end, as everyone I'm sure knows. Not to mention, I was in a a complete shootout in my fantasy match as well with Mahomes. But uh, I, I was down a few points with Mahomes going in, but my opponent had Kelsey, one of his main targets, and Brandon Cooks, one of the other main targets in the game, and I still ended up losing by four or five points. Had a chance, a couple chances at the end. I thought it was, as long as he didn't throw a long bomb to Kelsey here, I can come back and win this one. But 0 for 2 on my, what I went into the game looking for, but... It was still a great a great watch there. What did you think of the game overall? Yeah, I uh, I was on the plane, so I missed the first half. But uh, oh, no. as soon as I got here, I was like, yeah, 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 cute, baby. There's a great game going on. Let's watch it. Um, it was probably the most exciting half of football I've ever seen, if we're not counting that like absurd New England Patriots comeback in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I mean, that was exciting for what it was, but... The fact that it's the Patriots doing it and all that. And it's like, you know. Yeah, one comes to resent New England. And this is a back and forth type of thing rather than just one team being more than a comeback. Uh, so. Yeah, and it, it had it all. Like, both defenses were scoring, both offenses were scoring. That's basically all. It had all of that. Field position, just as, as many people pointed out on Twitter, just isn't a thing anymore. Well, it, it's, it's not. I mean, especially when Mahomes can. Un- launch it 80 yards to Tyree Killer or whatever but there was a key moment toward that I want to talk about the end of the game specifically but a couple of things about it but one facet of that was the Rams punter did pin them back pretty deep uh at the end of on their last drive there um when Mahomes ended up throwing the pick after that yeah Hecker 
Uh, yeah, and also Tyreek Hill made a dumb move where he could he could have just uh, went down with it, but instead tried to get a couple yards, end up losing like ten yards on what they would have got if he would have just yeah. took a couple steps back and you know put it kneeled down. But there there was a little bit of field position stuff. But yeah, one of the, one of these crazy offenses like it's it's hard to it's hard to factor that in. I mean something like field position is way more important in, in one of the few defensive games we get, like uh, Vikings, uh, Bears, or what, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was really weird in the in the fourth quarter. Like, a couple all-time, like, punt return heat checks for um, domestic abuser Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's not a good guy, but he's a great player. I mean, he had one catch where... He had that 75-yard touchdown or whatever, of course. He does that, like, every week, it seems. But yeah. he had one pretty amazing grab where Mom's put it on him on the sideline. The I don't remember which which corner it was on the Rams, but they had a good angle at it. To, they weren't really manning uphill. They were kind of coming in from behind him. They had a great angle to just run up and smack it. If not intercept it, just smack it down. And somehow Hill grabbed it and, like, pirouetted it around and caught it and, like, and stayed in bounds, everything. You remember that play? Yeah, yeah, which is weird for a defense that came up with the ball so many times today, which we should talk about Aaron Donald. Yeah, he was, he was the player of the game, I would say. If he had, like, just taken his ball hawk instincts back, like, 10 degrees there and just, like, put the boom on Tyreek Hill, he's not coming down with that football. Like, that almost cost him the game, I think. Uh, it's the same same situation um, with a, a great receiver on the sideline, and you just whiff on the tackle uh, by going for the ball um, that the Saints suffered last year in the playoffs against the Vikings. Yeah, and that I mean the one they did was was almost comical how bad it was because he ended up blocking his own player too. But yeah, the normal version of that happens pretty frequently. I would say people go yeah go for the ball and uh, miss the yeah miss give up the t- a touchdown or a long play there. You basically missed all the first half then in, on the plane? Because you missed a hell of a half there, too. I mean. Yeah, I did not see either forced fumble by Aaron Donald, including the one which he recovered for a touchdown himself. Yeah, so the, yeah, the first one was he just abused Cam Irving, threw him around like a rag doll, which, by the way, Irving had a terrible game. He, he was a former Brown. He did terrible for us, even though he was a first-round pick. Like, I guess he's been having some success since the Chiefs picked him up, but it, he... Uh, most guys have a struggle against Donald, obviously, but he played terrible all game. He got abused there and just led to Mahomes getting destroyed. And then Ebucam, I think his name is, picked it up and ran it in. He also had a pick six later or some. I can't remember if it was a fumble or a pick six. I think it was a, a, a pick six later. Yeah. It was a pick six. He was right in the lane. He picked off Patrick Mahomes, and then Patrick Mahomes was the last person trying to tackle him at the one-yard line, and he trucked that young man. Like, he is his father now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And, and Tyreek Hill was holding on to him also. Yeah, going for a ride. That's right. Yeah. Um, so the second one was another forced fumble by Donald. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That didn't lead to an immediate score of that play, I guess. Yeah, D- Donald is... Uh, yeah, even some of his best feats were in the first half, but he, he still dominated all game. And the, and we knew going in that this, the Rams had a better defense than the Chiefs, but considering defense is what's at a what's the opposite of a premium? I guess when they say when people say things are at a premium in this league or whatever, uh, it is a it is a buyer's market. Buyer, well, or or is it a premium? I guess. I don't know what's the right to say in this situation because there isn't a lot of it. So when you get some, it's 
it's even more valuable. I guess maybe that is a premium. It was. It did end up end up being the case that just the slightly better defense won out over two great offenses because Mahomes had his best game. I mean, sorry, his worst game ever. I would say, and uh, and so far in his short career. And his team still put up 51 points, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's just those awful interceptions, which, again, it comes back to the defense. People who are much smarter than me have been saying, like, on Twitter and, and on other podcasts uh, and whatnot, that, like, these two teams kind of show the blueprint for building a uh, the perfect team for this era, which I'm always looking for, like, the Greg Popovich counterfactual to, like, what's the perfect team to beat the perfect team of this era? Basically, the perfect team of the next era. But, like, the way that you build a team is just, like, have all the weapons possible, have, like, a great young quarterback on a cheap salary, and then just, like, you're, you're, you're playing air raid constantly. And then your defense, it doesn't have to be a stout defense. You just have to have, like, a couple game changers on the pass rush and, and get enough takeaways. Which, like, takeaways is kind of a skill, but I don't know how you, like, grade players to get, like, grade players on that. I don't know how this is replicable but i am not an nfl scout yeah i don't know i mean i, I a lot of times with takeaways it seems like kind of a team mentality like the, it's coaching instilling like always be gone for the at least when it's spread around like a team like the rams or like the bears the bears from like 05 to 12 yeah even the bears this year i think yeah i, I saw a stat that said like 10 different players have takeaways yeah even my team, the Browns, have, have the most in the league still. I think they, a lot of, they're getting it from a lot of different guys you wouldn't have heard of necessarily. So I think it is somewhat coaching and getting in, in, that, in that sense. Um, but, yeah, the, the pass rush is always going to be one of the main factors. And that's what the Rams had, both of those things yesterday. So even though they still gave up a ton of points, they still ultimately got it done in the end. And, I mean, the the first Mahomes, the Mahomes pick six was kind of fluky. I mean, Ebu can made it. Pretty amazing play on that one, too. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. And, and the ones at the end, especially the last... The the, fir- the second to last one was pretty bad on Mahomes. Like, that was... Even right before that, he almost threw another pick. Um, yeah. And then, like, he made, he, still, he made a bad decision throwing it into, to like, triple coverage. But the one after that, at the very end, when it was finally over, like, that, that's what quarterbacks do that all the time, trying to come back, just, like trying to make a play downfield and it gets picked off like every week that happens I feel like yeah I mean it's the it's a weird like it's a weird bastardization of the 07 Super Bowl um blueprint where like yeah I mean Mahomes is a little friskier than 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 Brady ever was but the the way to beat him is still to like get guys in his face he was very frustrated in that second half and he made a bunch of great plays leading up to those last two drives uh, but then he threw two picks on the line. Like, he, he buckled under pressure a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was saying, too. It was probably his worst. I mean, it, it was definitely his worst game. If you if you just look at it in terms of mistakes he made, um, well, this is probably what the, the 12th game of his career total, but five uh, turnovers, I would say three of the five were his. You can pin on him t- to a certain degree. The, one t- the first time he got crushed by by Donald. I guess he could have felt it coming, but it was so it was over so quick how Irving just got flattened like I know. It's, it's harder to blame I've, on that. I've seen that and then the one I mentioned like the kind of fluky pick six like I guess he still probably shouldn't have thrown the ball right there, but I that that's one that 9 times out of 10 doesn't get caught by the D lineman there. Um 
But anyway, I want to just uh, flip to the other side for a minute. What about Jared Goff? How good is he actually? Because like, for some reason, I'm so far I've never given him. I've been saying all year like McVay is such a good coach, puts him in good positions, stuff like that. Like, how good is he? But I, I was he was very impressive yesterday. I would say where where would you put Goff in terms of like? Is he a top 10 quarterback or where would you put yeah. him? Yeah. Uh, so like a, a bunch of like people have been having that conversation. I don't know the extent to which people have been having that conversation. And I do not know the extent to which it's useful to um, like distinguish at this point, whether or not it's the system or the quarterback. At a certain point, the quarterback is the system, right? Like how many guys in the league could, could run that offense? Sure, maybe it's all of them. But currently there is one guy running that offense. So if we're ranking quarterbacks in the league this year, he's got to be top eight, right? Like Phillip Rivers has struggled a little uh, recently. Um, Dak certainly but not been impressive. Cam Newton's been a little unimpressive lately. Carson Wentz has struggled. He keeps like Yeah, yeah he's playing way better than Wentz. His so. competition keeps falling away. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I get. I guess I don't. I don't know what it is about. Like, is it? Maybe it's partially because of the start to his career, which I guess you can pin a lot on Fisher. And then, or I don't know what it exactly is. Why I'm just never been. I was. He's never a guy. I've been like, oh, he's so impressive. Or like my me and my friends are watching the game yesterday, all Browns fans, and it was a little bit debate. Would you trade golf for? Uh, if we could get golf for uh, Baker Mayfield, would you do that? And I was saying I wouldn't, but it's you got to think about it at least. So what, what do you think about that one? Obviously, it's we haven't seen enough as much from Mayfield, but right. who do you think's a better person to start a franchise around if you don't have McVeigh? If you if you just have any random coach, I guess. Right. So, and that's the other version of this conversation that people keep trying to have. I genuinely don't know. Like I, Baker Mayfield's good at football. Um, I don't know if Jared Goff outside of the system is the world breaker that like you need a quarterback to be when you're going to like start a franchise with him in this, in this hypothetical. But if I were going to start this franchise and I knew that like these players would be available, I kind of would take off because it's working perfectly. Yeah, I guess so. And even, I guess you could say there's a system too, but like some guys like Robert Woods, like he was on the bills. He's been on, he's never really impressed me at all. Like, but he's having a, a good year at a good game yesterday with Goff. Like, so and he doesn't have cup now. He's hurt. Got one of Goff's main targets, but the the backup they brought in for him played really well too. So I guess I guess it is could be considered a perfect marriage of the system and a good quarterback. Maybe like, is I mean it's weird to think about something like this, but is like McVay and Goff like is that a potential future Brady Belichick? At least the potential for some type of dynasty like that. Would you say? where Goff plays for 18 years and we're never going to know if he would have been better or worse outside or I mean never going to know if he would have been worse outside of that system because he just doesn't leave it (laughs) yeah at least in this case he would have that one rookie year with Fisher but yeah well I mean what quarterback has ever been great under Jeff Fisher yeah I mean yeah but taking that aside like do you obviously like this is a lofty kind of goal or comparison but is it possible going down the line i would say it's possible it's not like i mean right now it certainly looks possible i mean i'd like to see what jared goff looks like on this team you know five six years from now when he's making a hundred million dollars 
uh, over the course of like his his extension, and there's not enough room to sign some of these key players on the defense that have right. that have made this happen for the for for the offense. And uh, like if they have to let Gurley go because Gurley demands a higher, although running backs like that's probably the wrong position to mention. Yeah. Uh, running backs just seem to be interchangeable. Well, I mean, these I guess days. also I guess what the Pats didn't haven't had in a while at least or never really had too much like that bell cow running back like the Rams do have in Gurley but I guess the interesting thing and maybe why I was noticing golf a little more yesterday is that Gurley didn't really do that much in the game yesterday he didn't find the end zone I think despite there being like a million touchdown scores. yeah but I mean like he was yeah he, a couple of screen plays they ran with him he did all right but he but considered how he normally games he's normally had in the past couple of years he didn't really have it yesterday yeah and something else i've heard people talk about like right right now the best teams in the league they're not lining up a bell count running back and, and like pushing him into the line for three four five yards like they're getting them in space with the ball and letting them make things happen the old jamal charles ray rice um blueprint mm-hmm. yeah which is, is definitely working for a lot of teams uh, what about, I mean, your boy, like, Zeke Elliott, I guess, is a little bit of a, I mean, they run, they run him all over the place, but yeah, he's one, still one of the traditional, I guess, <sighs> taking the ball. Yeah, but, but even he and, like, Saquon Barkley, like, they're finding ways to get them the ball that isn't just, like, all right, go, go press your body into this line and, and get pummeled by linebackers. Like, they're, they're, they're making sure offenses, not so much the Cowboys, but we're, we're learning, um, our shitty coaches are learning, uh, not so much the Cowboys, but like other teams like that. Like Saquon Barkley is just the secondary receiver on that team. Like they, they know what to, <laughs> what to do and what not to do for like the current, like NFL meta game. Saquon had a great game this past week. He's going to have a lot of great games. He's very good at football. Yeah. The giants are ruining their draft position here with two wins in a row, which is fine with me. Terrible team. Um, all right. So, Getting back to McVay real quick and to the end of the game, this is something I wanted to highlight also. Did McVay catch a little uh, Andy Reidism with his clock management here? Because he, he he could have really fucked up at the end of this game. Or he, he kind of did, but it didn't cost him. I mean, yes. His clock management, like, was... When it was happening, I could kind of see what he was trying to do with his clock management. But also, it was not great. It didn't work at all. I mean, they they got the ball back to basically ice the game, and they ended up only taking uh, under thirty seconds off the. I think like twenty four seconds off the clock, but uh, before they had to punt, which uh, Hacker, like we mentioned, already had a nice punt, and then Hill made a bad decision, so it it worked out fine. But yeah, I mean, why throw the ball there? Especially with the rate that Mahomes and some of these teams in general can score in under a minute, like that was a uh, very questionable. And since they have Gurley, like, I mean... Mm-hmm. Do you think it was just a measure of disrespect? Like, if that had been Aaron Rodgers, you would have run the football. You would not have left Aaron Rodgers, like, a minute and 19 seconds. But but that doesn't make sense either. I mean, why... I, I get a rookie, I guess, but, I mean, he's clearly having one of the best rookie. I mean, not even a rookie, technically, but first season, having one of the... Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe they knew... No, just, I'm just saying... Go like, ahead. I, I'm just trying to figure out what would be that the factor here for why they think they could disrespect like that. Maybe they knew they were in his head. Maybe they knew exactly what was going to happen was ha- was going to happen because like their defensive line was not gassed. Like usually what happens is that the defense wears itself out and you lose your pass rush over time. Their defensive line was not gassed. Like they, it, it felt like the chiefs offensive line was the one that got gassed. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they well, they just got outclassed, but yeah, and they probably were tired as well because of that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it was, it was question like even as it was happening, I was like, what, what is he doing? Because they like false started and then they ran a pass play. Then at the very least, you got to run the ball after that. But they tried to pass it again. Yeah. All right, so. Padre here. Most unfortunately, at this point in our podcast recording, my mic seemed to cut out or it didn't record from this point. And, you know, uh, we did about 25 more minutes of talk. We we talked a little bit more about the game and transitioned into some of these Thanksgiving games coming right up. So going to try to salvage a little bit of young spooky, uh, I mean, young good boys analysis here. I try to set it up some of uh, the the questions after the fact so that'll be the rest of this pod and uh, hopefully uh i'll be able to get my shit together and not have this happen again but uh we will see but yeah i play a little uh i'll set it up but we do a little uh my, my new segment take me home talk me out a little point and agree about the thanksgiving games and some other stuff so that's what's going on here and uh, before we did that, like I said, we talked a little bit more about the big Rams-Chiefs game, mostly about how the Chiefs defense might not be good enough to win the Super Bowl, and guys, if they're relying on guys like Orlando Skandrick, his old uh, Dallas Cowboy player. Yeah, man, he's kind of useless to them. Uh, it's, it's insane. I do think the takeaway was that their defense is not quite good enough um, to compete with the other teams that are doing what they're doing, being the Rams and Saints, and uh, somehow the Patriots will be there at the end of the year, too. So he thinks the Pats might hang around to compete against the Chiefs, which I agree with, and uh, we talked a little bit about the Rams again then, how they match up with the Saints. Obviously, they had lost to the Saints already a couple weeks ago, and then why the Saints might be a little better suited to win it my hot take is that like the drew breeze of it all and all uh i think that the rams defense is kind of rounding into shape to be more of a factor in in a matchup against one of these other like hyper elite offenses then i posited here that the the saints team might be getting a big boost from the fact that they're offense is blowing teams out especially lately and they don't have to be on the field as much yeah i mean they've been ahead a lot this year they've sat in cover three quite a bit before pressing on to the thanksgiving games in a little of week 12 i asked if i had any more thoughts on week 11 honestly like that's really all that i have in my head from last week i'm confused at how the cowboys were able to win another game in a row um and, and why they would want to but uh, yeah, let's. I think we just move on. Okay, let's move on. No, uh, you don't want to move on, young good boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, uh, mixed signals there. Anyway, let's play a little point and agree. Tell me why your Dallas Cowboys are going to defeat the Washington Bulletskins with new quarterback Colt McCoy this Thanksgiving at 4 p.m. Eastern. So Colt McCoy has had four days to um r.i.p to alex smith by the way absolutely brutal um the washington team is cursed because they will not change their name and this is just going to keep happening to their quarterbacks you go back to robert griffin the third you go back to uh joe theisman (laughs) everyone in between them also broke their legs 
Good old Captain Kirk Cousins avoided it, though. Well, Kirk Cousins didn't like that either, eventually. He sure didn't. He vikes that. So, Colt McCoy's had four days with the uh, with the ones on this offense to get comfortable. And, like, teams just need more. Also, this seems kind of fading down the stretch. There are a lot of injured um, pieces there. Jordan Reed's never 100% healthy. Uh, they're missing one of their receivers. I know their, their, their line has three or four guys who are either out or playing through something. Um, and that's not great against a suddenly, like, elite Cowboys pass rush. Uh, Tank Lawrence is there. Vanden Bosch is there. You know, things are... Taco Charlton is somehow now useful. Uh, like, things are not going to go well for the... NCAA championship losing quarterback from 2011. It, it just isn't. Texas had a really good offense that year, and um, Florida came into the championship game, and abs- no, it was Bama, wasn't it? It was Bama, and McCoy left that game in the first quarter with an injury. Bama entered the championship game and absolutely wrecked his shit uh, by playing defense, which is what the Cowboys are going to do. And it won't even be his fault because his red team, Redskins team, is obliterated. And now, now, young good boy, we refer to them as the bullet skins around here. Uh, yeah, I think I am so confident that the Cowboys would definitely win based on the the injury issues that they're having elsewhere and the fact that the the, the bullet skins, like, despite their record, are just not a good team this year. Uh, the the Cowboys appear to be getting hot at the right time, which is always dangerous a, a, a dangerous time to be the Cowboys. Yeah, it's just, it's not in the cards for him. Well, that's how we play point and agree, and I agree the Cowboys will win this one. I don't know how the Bullet Skins even have the record that they do. They're much worse than their record, yeah. With point and agree done, uh, we're about to get into some take me home, talk me out. Now I ask young good boy if he remembers how to play my new segment here. Uh, yeah, it's where you try to convince me that the Franz Ferdinand song, Take Me Out, is, uh, the best song of the emo era, and I remind you that the killers exist. Oh, young good boy, be serious here. It's a serious business with the Bears at Lions game tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern Thanksgiving Day. As usual, Lions have that home field advantage, home game on Thanksgiving, and Take Me Home, Talk Me Out is when I look at a home underdog... And I kind of want to take them for whatever reason. I need you to talk me out of uh, taking them against the Bears here, taking this home dog. Yeah, the Bears are definitely going to win because the Lions offense is reeling um, after hiring a defensive-minded coach in this, the year of our Lord, 2018, uh, who hadn't really coached a great defense in the two, three, four years prior. They have Matt Stafford, who is kind of an interesting case because he's a, he re, he's really is a great quarterback, but I don't know if he's great, great, you know? Oh, I do know. He's great at football. He puts up great numbers. He knows how to play football, but they sold his best receiver. Uh, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. Calvin Johnson isn't walking through that door. I'm very confused about what they're doing with this offense. They still, after having a running back rush for 100 yards, haven't been able to replicate it again. I'm, I'm very confused about their offense. And uh, Chicago, along with the Cowboys in the last three weeks, have the only defense in the league right now that, like, I would be worried about, like, if I were an opposing coach. 
it's not looking great, my guy. So here's where I interject that uh, Stafford does have Galladay to throw to. He's been pretty great. Caught a real nice touchdown uh, this past week. And the Bears are on a really short week after the Sunday night. Now Thursday morning, maybe uh, that affects them, especially against a big uh, division rival here. Something to think about. That's why I'm kind of looking at that possible upset. Yeah, man. I just don't see it. Well, that's fair. I'll probably go with the Bears with my picks. So are the Thanksgiving games even going to be any good this year? I mean, the the Saints will probably blow out the Falcons in the night game. Yeah, I think we got kind of a miserable slate with um, the Washington team not being up to full strength. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Honestly, I kind of wish the Bears were on the schedule against your Cowboys here. That would probably be the better matchup. The way both those teams are playing, it would be a hell of a game. It sure would. It sure would, probably. By the way, young good boy, you don't want to see a bunch of uh, fat, naked Bears fans uh, running down the Miracle Mile in celebration uh, tomorrow, do you? I'd love to see that, yeah. Huh, you would? Well, whatever you're into. Anyway, uh, I myself am going to be in the Nasty Natty watching the Bungles hopefully lose to my Browns this weekend. What do you think about my boy's odds in that one? Um, I think it's a Hugh Jackson revenge game, and I think you're going to lose. Marv Lewis is out for the week, and Hugh Jackson has his own office now. He's using the conference room as an office. He wrote office on the door, and I think that gives him the boost. You really think the uh, special assistant to the head coach is going to make that much difference? I know that they hired him because he has a special relationship with Marvin Lewis and like their their, their buddies, and, and Marvin Lewis thinks he's a better coach than he showed in Cleveland. But also, like... Don't you kind of think they just hired him? Because they have two games left on the schedule against his former team? Yeah, just to make sure that if they can sneak into the playoffs, they do. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for the, these bungles, though. Uh, by the way, what's your favorite uh, 80s-based uh, Netflix show? Stranger Things, my guy. Hmm, yeah, well, I guess that, that is the obvious pick there. Uh, so any other of these games on the, the Week 12 slate interest you at all? Packers Vikings will be interesting, but like I don't I don't want to watch Aaron Rodgers until Mike McCarthy and, and and Ted stop running that team. We just watched Pat Mahomes and Jerry Goff put up the third most points in NFL history. And the team and I'm stealing this from a tweet that I read, the team that has Aaron Rodgers regularly struggles to score twenty-five. It's incredibly baffling, and I'm tired of watching I'm tired of watching the Packers almost win. These, these games wherein everyone but Aaron Rodgers plays fucking terribly. I, I, I'm tired of the Packers, and I want the Vikings to beat that ass. Well, we could get another tie from them. That would be pretty funny. It never happened uh, twice in one year. Certainly not. Uh, no team's ever tied twice in one year, let alone to the same opponent. I guess that is something to root for. Hey, how about a bonus round of take me home, talk me out, and no, it's not about Franz Ferdinand. Uh, what about this Broncos at home underdogs to this Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm kind of looking at this one like I I might want to take these Broncos. Talk me out of it. Broncos. Broncos is home dogs against the Steelers. The Steelers... Mike Tomlin doesn't usually lose twice in a row, right? They still got Antonio Brown. They still got a serviceable backup playing in Le'Veon Bell's place. They've still got that great O-line. They're missing their best linebacker, I think, due to injuries still. 
I think that they've got a lot of demons in Jacksonville. They lost to them three times in a row. Jacksonville knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And, and I think that, like, the Steelers, throughout Mike Tomlin's tenure there, like, have done this thing where they just, like, psych themselves out of games. Like, there are certain games where they just won't have it. And it seems entirely mental because the next week that they, they'll come back and just, like, uh, they'll, they'll drop 42 on the Bengals and just, like, have complete control of the game from six minutes on. Uh, And I think I'm going with that script against a Denver team that has shown like a little life lately, but I don't know. Is that great? They still have a lot of problems at quarterback and the Steelers defense is uh, never bad. Denver and Elway need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback before I'm going to pick them to win games like this against playoff contenders. True. Well, when bringing up Jacksonville, uh, maybe Pittsburgh has some of the same struggles against them in Denver, considering, you know, they did lose to Tim Tebow, of all people, in the playoffs a few years back. Uh, by the way, while we're on the subject, kind of, uh, young good boy, would you enjoy uh, taking a long tandem bike ride with Tebow while he tells you what he thinks about each one of the various Gospels? It's a little tempting. I am struggling to come up with an argument against it, honestly. Huh, that's a little surprising. Well, anyway, back to this game in Denver. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I could kind of see the Steelers uh, laying an egg here too, potentially. And the Broncos might just be a little better than we think. They did beat a pretty good Chargers team last week. These teams, I will tell you, in, in your favor, sorry, uh, are sixth and seventh respectively in in uh, total DVOA for the season. Denver being though about. Five and a half percent less efficient in uh, weighted DVOA. Ah, yes. Well, young good boy, that's certainly pretty late in the podcast for your first DVOA reference. That might be a new record. Uh, by the way, did you ever get that DVOA tattoo on your lower back that you were talking about? Had to do it. Had to do it. Oh wow, you actually went through with it. Are people telling you that was, you know, kind of a big mistake? Many people are saying. You don't care what they say, though. You think that. You're right, it's everyone else that's wrong. Okay, that's just objectively true, though. Well, I guess I can't argue with that, E-Nam, a.k.a. Young Good Boy, my good friend and podcasting partner here. Hey, great pod today. I'm sure it's not going to get screwed up by any uh, recording gaffe. So, uh, anything to plug on the way out here? Uh, yeah, I think I'm all set here. Uh, I've got nothing else to plug. This is the only thing I do now. Uh, so, um, I guess, pray for me. Hey, we'll be sure to do that. Uh, so that's going to be Mr. Zerrelevant for this edition. We'll be back soon enough. Uh, we're going to do a, a Movies Are Relevant episode soon. Probably talking Oscar movies, maybe some Netflix movie stuff. Whatever we want to do, we'll be back with that. We'll be back with more NFL stuff. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving or Happy whatever, just regular Thursday, whatever you want to do. And until next time, we're out of here. Peace. Peace.